It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me here on today's Locked On Reds podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of things. I've got some questions as to what the plan is with this Reds team from the ownership perspective. We're going to look into that. We're going to talk about this whole sticky substance situation with Major League Baseball. I haven't approached it yet, but I figure an off day is probably a good place to start. And we're going to talk about Hunter Green and Nick Ladello. That's all coming up. On today's Locked On Reds podcast, thank you so much for joining me. Let's get going. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for watching today's podcast and for listening to today's podcast. If you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, make sure you're following the podcast on that app and also make sure you're subscribed right here on YouTube. That way you don't miss anything that I've got coming for you here on the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. I'm an addict, a super fan. I just love the Cincinnati Reds, and I've turned that into addiction that addiction into information for you. Thank you for joining me today. We've got a lot to get to because it's an off day, but there's still plenty to talk about with this team. We're starting off at the top. We're starting off with ownership. I've got some questions. There are some things that need to be done. A laundry list of to-do items that have yet to even be approached. And I've got to ask, what is the plan? Overall, before we jump into that, though, I wanted to let you know you can also follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Locked On Reds and save the Locked On Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. We're going to try to get to a bunch of those here coming up this Friday as I've got lots and lots of questions already on there that we are going to approach. But today we've got some thoughts because, look, all right, this ownership we know, the bullpen's a problem. The bullpen's been a problem all season long, and they keep talking about trade deadline this, guys coming back from injury that. These are all things that we've heard in the past, and that means that they're not going to do much of anything, if anything at all. Listen, this ownership group understands the idea of how much it costs to win, and they're just not doing much about it. They've cut a bunch of money from the roster this past offseason, didn't offer money to contracts that expired like Trevor Bauer, and they traded away guys that they had under contract, which kind of looked all right so far as some of the best closers in baseball go, and Rice Iglesias at nine and a half, and Archie Bradley, who was due to make around six after arbitration. They got rid of those, and they're paying for it. I don't know what more they need to see. If you're talking about bullpen help and the only answer that you're getting from Nick Crawl and those guys are, well, trade deadline, the trade deadline, the trade deadline. That's in like a month, a little over a month. We're going to wait that long? The Reds need to wait that long? What more do you need to see from the bullpen? They've got the worst ERA in Major League Baseball, not the National League, the Major Leagues, everybody. Included. 
It's just, it, it has become, and even in wins, I mean, that was kind of the narrative surrounding their win against the Twins on Tuesday was, okay, yeah, sure, they came away with the win, but man, that was frustrating. Man, that was stressful. Should a win really feel like that? A win That was as close to a loss as a win has ever felt. And it's all on the bullpen. And now, sure, you'd love to see the starters go longer. You'd love to see more run support. But when the bullpen is handed a five-run lead in the eighth inning and they only have to get six outs and they can't do that, it's time to rethink what's going on here. It's time to bring in some help. That's the first question because that is what is most pressing right now today. There's plenty more questions, namely contract extension type questions. It's it's something that we've talked about in the offseason and really just more looking at Luis Castillo here coming up to 2021. What are the Reds going to do with his contract? Are they going to extend him? Are they going to buy out his remaining arbitration years? Things like that. Are they going to be smart about it? Are they going to be proactive? Are they just going to let it sit there? Same with Tyler Malley and Jesse Winker, two guys who you probably could have extended, maybe bought out some arbitration years and then added a year or two, kind of like what they do with a Eugenio Suarez. Don't get me wrong. That was smart because at the time, a Eugenio Suarez was one of the top third basemen in all of baseball. You're looking at it now and you're thinking, well, he's not that great this year. But to be honest with you, when you saw his production in 2019 and you saw the contract that the Reds offered him, did you not think that that was a bargain? Because you'd be wrong if you didn't. The Reds now have put themselves into situations with Castillo, Malley, and Winker in that they have all become so very good, which is a good thing. It's a good problem, but they've all become so very good that it's not likely that they're going to find some sort of cost-effective solution. And I say cost-effective in the guise of their own admissions to how little they want to spend on this roster. It's not in the sense of, hey, I want them to pay nothing for a championship. They need to know how much it costs. Of course they know. They just have not shown the willingness to pay it. And so if they're going to be frugal, And if they're going to be cheap, then at least be smart about it. They haven't even been proactive in that. They have not even gotten in front of the idea of players getting so good that contracts then become huge deals. That's what we're looking at with Castillo, Mali, and Winker. And not even so much the players. Think about this. David Bell's contract is expiring at the end of this year. I still remain on the fence about him. I still don't know what I know about David Bell. Does he maybe deserve one of those Dusty Baker type deals where he gets one more year to figure it out? Maybe. Is he shown that he is the end-all, be-all guy to run this team? I don't know that you can say that, but I don't know that you can say that about many managers in the sport of baseball. I mean, when you come to the professional level, the manager doesn't have as much. He has some, but he does not have nearly as much effect on Major League Baseball as an NFL head coach does or an NBA head coach or something like that. I I think that when you look at the sports, Major League Baseball probably has the least effect, the manager on the outcome of the game. Now, sure, he can pull the wrong strings and put the wrong guys in, but for the most part, if he's got a strong roster, that's not really a problem. 
Everyone always talks about Sparky Anderson and how good of a job he had, but he had the best team, probably the best team in the history of baseball in the big red machine. That's never going to happen again. You're never going to see the Reds be that good. So does David Bell garner an extension? Probably. There has been no talk. There's, there's not even a whisper, a thought about any of these extensions. And this last guy is egregious. I don't know why there's not even been a rumor, a thought about whether the Reds are going to extend Dirk Johnson. What more do you need to see from him to just hand over a bag of money and say, please stay here. Please stay and help the Reds. You have done great work. Sure, we've given you some really weird project pitchers to work with, but for the most part, you have turned this garbage into gold as much as you possibly can. And I know that pitching coaches, there are only a handful that you can really think of, if any, off the top of your head. But Derek Johnson has shown not only the fact that he's brought the, the Reds into the 21st century and the ideas of learning how to pitch and things like that, but he's also brought in all this uh, analytics and great stuff into the team. He deserves an extension at least as a pitching coach. Now, there's a totally different podcast talking about whether he should be upgraded to manager or things like that, but without a doubt, deserves a contract for many years, as many as he can possibly stomach as a Cincinnati Red, and there's no whispers of that either. Ownership is sleeping on all this. What's the plan? Are we just going to let everything happen? Do they just show up? Do contract extensions just, oh, there it is, out of the nowhere. He's going to stay red for another year. No, they require planning. They require contract negotiations. There's been no whiff of knowledge about any of that with any players or coaches who require extensions. So what is ownership doing? What is the plan with this team this year and beyond? Because kind of hard to see. And it's silly that we have to sit here and think as fans, we just, uh, okay, we're just going to trust this ownership group. How much trust do you have in this ownership group? That is a question I want you to ask yourself. Maybe even respond on the Locked on Reds line, 513-549-0159, or hit me up on Twitter, Jeff Gar with three Fs, and uh, the show at Locked on Reds. Uh, but this is something that we will have lots of time to talk about, obviously, because it's not necessarily a topic that requires any certain day of the week to talk about. But hey, Cincinnati sports fans have given so much crap to the Brown family and the way that they have ran the Cincinnati Bengals with good, good reason to. I mean, they've not been that great in my lifetime, but. If you compare them apples to apples with the Cincinnati Reds, which team has been more successful and which team's owner gets more crap? Should that be? Because I think if you're honest with yourself that Mike Brown has gotten way more crap than the Castellinis. I don't know that that should be. All right, we're going to talk about some other stuff. We're, we're going to dive into a baseball-wide issue. I've got some thoughts about the sticky situation with a major league baseball, and I know everybody's using that term, but I mean, 
you kind of have to. It's it's a great thing. We're going to talk about that here in just a minute. And later on, I want to talk about Hunter Green and Nick Ladello. That's going to be a fun segment here. Not not as preachy or weird or you know serious as that last one was. So before we get into all of that, though, I wanted to let you know that if you're looking to grow your savings, the absolute best way to do that is with Wealthfront. Wealthfront has uh, <clears throat> Wealthfront has a great app that. When you sign up at wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB, they will manage your first $5,000 for free for life. All you need is $500 to get started. They help build a portfolio of diversified mutual funds and things like that based on preferences that you set. You don't have to monitor the stock market each and every day. You don't have to worry about what's going on, whether they're up, they're down, the bears, the bulls, all that good stuff. Wealthfront takes care of that for you and helps you grow your savings. Check them out today at Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB. They've been entrusted with over $20 billion in assets, and they can help you as well. Go to Wealthfront.com. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash LockedOnMLB to get started saving today. And formerly called the Locker Room app, Spotify Green Room is the new wave in social sports apps. What happens is this. Download the Spotify Green Room app on your iOS device or the beta. I believe it's still a beta on Android today. And you can join me in a green room to chat about the Cincinnati Reds and Major League Baseball. I'll have a room coming up later this week that you can join in and we'll talk about this Reds team. What happens is this, when you create your profile and link it to your Twitter account, you are then connected with a bunch of fans, some players, even personalities and media types that are all on green room and are all talking about your favorite sport. There's everything from the NBA to MLB to NFL. Once that gets going, plenty of sports for you to talk about. I think of it like a sports conference call, i.e. the conference call you actually want to be on. So join the Spotify Green Room app today. Set up your profile and follow the MLB group so you get updates on when I go live, which will be later on this week. That's Spotify Green Room. They're changing the way that we talk sports. All right, that was uh, that was a brain fart there at the beginning of the Wealthfront ad. That was uh, <clears throat> going to have to work on that. So let's jump into a Major League Baseball-wide situation, talking about the sticky substances. It is widely reported that there are plenty of pitchers who have benefited from spider tack and mixing rosin with this and that. It helps them get more grip on the ball. So they can throw it harder, put more spin on it, and you got like a 3,000 RPM fastball going at 102 miles an hour. Things like that. Major League Baseball wanted to crack down on this. It's illegal. It's in the rules. It's been in the rules since anybody has started playing baseball. You can't use foreign substances to augment your pitching ability. It's only until now that they've really started to hone in on this. Now, there is a side of this that I understand the player's gripe that you don't just implement this in the middle of a season and go crazy with it. But on the other end of the spectrum, I kind of like that Major League Baseball is enforcing it. Now, here's the thing. I like the idea. I have not liked the execution thus far. 
like I get it. There's sometimes between innings, if you only inspect a guy once, maybe then he goes into his locker and he grabs the stuff and then he's got the sticky stuff. And if you don't look at him again, then he's going to benefit from it anyway. But it's getting a little out of hand. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but last night, or last night being uh, Tuesday night, Max Scherzer was pitching against the Philadelphia Phillies, and he was doing his normal Max Scherzer stuff and that he was awesome. Phillies weren't hitting him. He got inspected twice in between innings, and then a third time. But the third time was called upon by Phillies manager Joe Girardi, who wanted to see what was going on in the middle of the fourth inning. There was a runner on first, and Scherzer had one out on the board, and all of a sudden the umpires were coming out to check him again. Uh, if I were Scherzer, I understand what he did. He threw down his hat. He started to undo his belt, and the umpire was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We're just we're coming to check you, man. It's okay." And he was visibly upset about it. He kind of channeled that into just pitching even more better and shutting the Phillies down continually, and the Nationals ended up winning that game. But there was a moment, not at the end of that inning, but at the end of the next inning, ever Scherzer retired the side. As he walked back to the dugout, he was staring at the Phillies dugout, and Joe Girardi knew who he was looking for. So Joe Girardi did the, I don't know, you're not going to call it brave, you're not going to call it smart. Uh, he did the baseball thing and he went out on the field and he was, you know, you could see him mouthing. He's like, you, you want, you want a piece of this? You want a piece of me? You know, things like that. So then he gets tossed by the umpire and, and Max Scherzer didn't do anything. He just kept staring at him, which apparently just angered Joe Girardi's no end, which I don't know why this is the kind of thing that in the past, it was looked down upon if the opposing manager called out the pitcher on the mound it was almost like a hush hush thing like yeah my guy might be doing it but your guy's probably doing it too so don't call my guy out for it because i'm going to call your guy out for it and things like this a lot of under the table type stuff but now with major league baseball putting it out into the open joe girardi used it as a chance to mess up max scherzer's rhythm i don't know how i feel about that you're turning a rule into such a weirdly executed investigation that now you're going to interrupt the game for it. And it's going to become a strategical element with which you can mess up a pitcher's rhythm. That seems wrong. And that seems like Major League Baseball trying to basically undermine its own sport, its own product. And if I'm a player, I mean, I already knew that this was going to be a very highly charged offseason with the CBA under negotiation and things like that. There's probably going to be a lockout next year because both sides are so far apart. It's not even funny. But then you add this into the mix. It's like uh, pouring gasoline on a fire that had already burnt down the building. And so now you're trying to burn down the buildings around it, too. I, I, I don't understand why Major League Baseball has gone so crazy with this implementation. And I get it. I, I think that they probably believe with the just strict enforcement of this rule, they will deter any bad actors in the future. Maybe, or maybe you're just going to teach them how to get around it. 
I don't know. I mean, look at what happened with steroids. Sure, it took them forever to even crack down on steroids after they had already benefited so well financially. And players had learned how to get around that. I, I just I, I I understand the idea of wanting to enforce a rule that has been on the books since basically any of us have been alive. But I think that Major League Baseball is going about it in such a wrong way. Oh, and, and speaking of other player examples, Sergio Romo from the A's. That was a great one. He literally dropped his pants. He took his belt off and just dropped trout. It was like, here you go. Here you go. You want to inspect it? We're good. I'm good. I kind of, I kind of respect that. Uh, that that's that was a great move. But honestly, in the most Cincinnati way possible, I'm pretty sure that he's been the first pitcher ejected for this since the the uh, re recommitment to being strict about this rule, if we call it that, because it's always been a rule. So it's not like they just came up with this rule, but the commitment to being strict about it has just happened this past Monday. So the first pitcher to be ejected after this recommitment, Reaver San Martin for the Reds down in Louisville. Yeah, it's not been a major league player, but in the Reds organization, Reaver San Martin, which I think I'm pronouncing that right, uh, got ejected from the game Tuesday after pitching a couple of innings, yeah, he had, he had the sticky stuff. So there you go. I, I just I, I think Major League Baseball is trying to absolutely sabotage itself with the way that it is enforcing this because, I mean, you're seeing it on every television broadcast of every game, whether it's going into commercial or coming out of commercial, they show this. And if you're at the stadium, I mean – it's like earlier today, I went to Kings Island and there were a couple of teenagers that were talking to a couple of security guards and there were like a couple of people that slowed their walk almost to the point where they were just stopping and watching. There's something about people being in trouble that kind of gets everybody's attention. And is that really what we want with this product here in Major League? Is this going to bring the fans back? Is this going to really get everybody galvanized? I don't know. Enforce the rules, but. Don't sabotage yourself. That's that, that might be a great uh, piece of advice for Rob Manfred. Anyway, we're going to talk about some fun stuff here coming up. I'm going to look at Hunter Green and Nick Ladello, their most recent performances, and some thoughts I have about their future and coming up to the big leagues. Before we jump into that, though, I want you to jump into a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market, bar none because it's made with 100% real chocolate. If you've listened to the podcast in the past, you know how much I love Built Bar, and my favorite flavor is Cherry Barcia. And it's not just the taste. I mean, it tastes phenomenal, but when you look at the stats, you're talking about like up to 17 grams of protein, maybe 130 calories, and less than 4 grams of sugar, and less than 4 net carbs. That's phenomenal. You add a Built Bar to your snack package and you've just upped your game significantly we're talking major league snack level go to builtbar.com and use this promo code that i've got for you today that's locked 15 you'll save 15 percent off your next order of the amazingly delicious built bar i've eaten this stuff i continue to eat this stuff it is the only protein bar that doesn't taste like chuck doesn't feel like you know just cardboard in your mouth you want to eat it and after you've eaten it you're going to think you ate a candy bar Check them out today at BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. 
Got another promo code for you. Locked on. When you go to betonline.ag, set up your profile today. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get fifty percent added onto your initial deposit. What? Yeah, fifty percent. You're gonna get some cash there, and I got a tip for you, so you can make a couple more bucks. I'm looking at tomorrow's slate of baseball. You get the Pittsburgh Pirates traveling to the St. Louis Cardinals, and you've got Chad Cool on the mound against Carlos Martinez. I'm tempted to take the money line for the Pirates, but the Pirates are just so bad. I'm looking at the total. The total right now is set at nine. That is awesome. Between Chad Cool and Carlos Martinez, who leads the National League in earn runs allowed. He's allowed 50 earn runs so far this season. He's probably going to allow a few more at home against this Pirates lineup who can put some runs on the board. So I'm taking the over. On nine, right now, it is minus 105, so you can get a nice little value there. So go to betonline.ag, set up your profile, type in the promo code Locked On to get 50% more onto your initial deposit. That's some cash. Then take some of that cash and put it on the Pirates and Cardinals over nine at minus 105. That's a little bit more cash. Just made you a couple of bucks. Maybe go deposit it into a Wealthfront account. I don't know. That's betonline.ag and the promo code locked on all right we're going to end today with a little bit of look at the reds future pitching staff we're talking about hunter green and nick ladello hunter green made his debut wednesday night in louisville his well okay his home debut he's already debuted in triple a his home debut for the louisville bats five innings pitched no runs allowed two hits an infield single and a bloop single to center field that's right He's not allowing hard contact. Three walks allowed and six strikeouts. Now, don't have any concrete readings on the radar gun. I'm guessing they were triple digits on that fastball. But if you saw some of the highlights from that on Twitter and saw some of the strikeouts that he had, that secondary stuff was working, man. Talking about breaking balls, change-ups, just looked phenomenal. We're not talking about a one-trick pony. He's not just got a triple-digit fastball that he tries to blow by everybody. He can bend that breaking ball, and he can drop that change-up in on them when they're least expecting it. I absolutely love watching him pitch. Can't wait to see it in the major leagues. Got a thought about that that's coming up here in just a minute, though. Nick Ladello as well. He's still in double-A. I had somebody ask me about that before, why he didn't get called up before Hunter Green or why it wasn't simultaneous or what have you. I don't know. That's splitting hairs because we know that they're both going to be in the major leagues definitely next year, I believe. But uh, Nick Lodello still in double-A. His last outing, he pitched three and a third, struck out seven before leaving early. The reason he only pitched three and a third is because he was having problems with blisters. It's been something off and on that he's had so far this season. I think that's probably the only reason he hasn't been called up is because he keeps dealing with this blister issue, but it's not really affected his performance because he has a 0.9 ERA and he was named the pitcher of the month for the month of May in the double A that that was phenomenal. I think it was double A South region, but pitcher of the month for Nick Ladello. So I look at both of these guys and, and people's first question, and my first question too, is when are they going to be in the major leagues? Because you don't look at a good minor league player and are just happy to see him continuing to be a minor league player. You want to see him in the majors. 
Hunter Green and Nick Lodello both are going to be up sooner rather than later. Now, I don't necessarily know that I want them rushed. We don't want to be talking about another Homer Bailey situation with either one of these guys. I, the, the upside for Hunter Green is much higher than Nick Lodello, but Nick Lodello can be a very solid pitcher for the Reds rotation there in the middle of the rotation to the bottom of the rotation for a long time in his career. And it's going to happen and it's going to take a while for him to uh, pitch himself out of there because he's got so much talent. He's going to be in that rotation for a while. That's the one thing that it's always weird with baseball. When you have a top young player on your team, they don't come up right away. And in Hunter Green's situation, he was picked in 2017. Like people think of him like, well, where'd he go? Did he disappear? Was he bad? Are we supposed to forget about him? Guess what? He's only 21. That's right. That's the weirdest thing about the top prospects in baseball is that you don't see them forever. And then when they finally get up to the major leagues and you're like, Oh yeah, that guy, he's not really that old. 21 years old for Hunter green. If he comes up this season, They'll probably pitch him out of the bullpen in a, you know, a pennant race situation, which could be pretty awesome, but they have to have a goal in mind. I I started off today's podcast by talking about what's the goal, where are we doing here? And I kind of want to end it on that by knowing what the goal is with Hunter Green and Nick Lodello. Nick Lodello is supposed to be in the middle of this rotation for the Reds for a long time and be one of those innings eaters type of dudes from the left side of the mound, always giving them that change of pace. Hunter Green is supposed to be a Cy Young candidate. This is not a situation where we're like, he's a good pitcher. This is a generational talent. And if the Reds deem a call-up and use out of the bullpen as something that will not thwart that, something that will not mess up that process, then okay. Let's do it. Make sure that they know, which I trust Kyle Bodie and Derek Johnson to know that sort of thing. That's not up to Nick Crawl and the ownership. They, they, I mean, ultimately, Nick Crawl signs off on it. But the idea is pitching coordinator for the entire organization and the pitching coach for the entire organization know what they're talking about when it comes to pitchers. And Hunter Green's ultimate goal is to be a Cy Young Award winner. Those are his expectations. Those should not be compromised. If it is compromised in any way by him coming up and pitching like 12 innings in the month of September in 2021, then that will be a serious error and serious dereliction of duty by this Reds organization. So whatever happens, it's hard for me to predict yay or nay if he's getting called up soon or whatnot, but whatever happens cannot deviate from that ultimate goal and the ultimate goal for hunter green is to be the reds best pitcher probably ever but at least since uh their first ever cy young award winner and trevor bauer yeah you know no pressure at all all right that's gonna do it for us here today thank you so much for listening and watching the locked on reds podcast here on this youtube channel if you are not subscribed make sure you click that subscribe button i'll have a lot more for you coming up we're still getting some stuff set up. I'm, I'm still really getting this space ready for video. I, up until now, I've just been talking into a mic and nobody's been watching. So it's nice to have some folks peeping on what's going on. 
we've got a lot more coming for you. I, I'm going to have some clips and things like that. So make sure you're subscribed. And if you're listening to the podcast on your favorite podcasting app, make sure you're following. That way you don't miss anything I've got for you either. And follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three F's and follow the show at Lockdown Reds. But that'll do it for us here today. Thank you again for watching and listening. Now, tell your smart device to go play the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski takes a look around the sports world and brings you the biggest news in 20 minutes or less. That's the Locked On Today podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. But that'll do it. I'll talk to you each and every one of you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.